0: We're going to roll the tape and marvel at some of his talents. Welcome to the Kobe show. Take two. Time has wings. You know, even when you realize that you need to appreciate the time, it still goes by fast. You know, there is never anything quite like the first NBA championship. You don't want that to go away. You want it again.
1: I'd
0: always known that this window was going to come
2: people appreciate what we've seen from Kobe Bryant.
0: Kobe Bean, salute my brother. When the end comes, I'm fine with that. Then you take on that challenge, right?
2: Kobe Bryant leaving the floor in a standing ovation here. How's it going, Second Stringers, NBA fans, and our longtime podcast listeners, and maybe people first time tuning into this episode. Uh, Weekly we provide NBA updates and some of our funny thoughts and uh, worst performances, best performances of the week and our thoughts on the latest NBA news. But uh, this week we had to do it a little bit different uh, with the unfortunate news of our longtime favorite here on the podcast, me and Sean both being LA natives uh, both born in the year 92. So I think any, I think I can speak for everybody who was born between the years of 88 and 95, grew up in LA, that we all are a little debit not just a little, completely devastated by the news of Kobe Bryant's passing and his young daughter, uh, Gianna, and as well as seven others who died tragically in Calabasas, Los Angeles, Sunday morning. So this week we're doing a, a special podcast episode attributed just for Kobe Bryant and We'll be sharing our reactions to these unfortunate news, Um, our reactions to the Laker tribute that just happened right now uh, before we started recording, the legacy of this man both on and off the court, Uh, the effects of that on on the NBA, some of the biggest questions left behind, and just some questions on his legacy. What was his best NBA championship, best performance, and of course, keeping it traditional to our podcast. We got to break down his worst basketball performance. I think that's only fair. Um, As good as this man was, he also had some pretty bad duds out there on the court, and I think we got to highlight one of those. And also, our favorite quote-unquote Kobe moment, because I think that's why this man is so beloved, is because he wasn't just a basketball player. He was a character. He was a mythological creature, a, a superhero to the basketball world, to the city of L.A., um, to all of us here who really kept up with the NBA day in and day out and despite him kind of becoming a little or if not completely irrelevant the last couple of years when it came to the NBA, this man was still on the news, on TV, just doing stuff, just getting things done, um, crossing things off his bucket list and continuing to impress everybody, including myself, who's now an adult as a child. I I loved him and even now as an adult, he still did things that completely impressed me from the Oscar winning to being an author and publish and just continuing to do things as a father for his daughters and pushing uh, the things that he did, the things he was passionate about, but no trivia question this week, but still Sean, I know that you're, you're still here and you just listened to me speak for about 40 (laughs) seconds here now, but you know, I think we a good place to start here is in just our reactions to that day on that Sunday morning. I know you and I were texting back and forth too, that we had mm -hmm. just, you know, you surprised me with the news that you you and your dad bought tickets to that Laker game. And, and you know, I right. was completely <laughs> surprised. And, you know, and I was telling you how fortunate, you know, how, how stoked and I was about it. And I still am. And now in retrospect, it looks like probably the best thing that could have happened. Um, just just mm-hmm. the news that we're going to be at Staples that day yet again. Um, but yeah, Sean, go and share your reactions as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot else that can be said that you haven't already said. I mean, you said it pretty great. And I think I'm really happy that we get to do this podcast, especially for such an awesome person um, in general and Kobe Bryant, that we can dedicate this podcast episode to him uh, taking a break from our normal schedule and looking at your standard NBA results and stuff and reflecting on the legend that he was and kind of paying our respects to him in this way. Um, I'm really happy that we get to do that right now. And yeah, as far as reaction goes, I mean, we were texting and I mean, I, I think I was just really excited about going to that game. Like Mm -hmm. you said, uh, we're going to March 8th Lakers versus Clippers. And again, really happy that we get to go to that and pay our tributes to Kobe in that way as well. And I'm sure we'll see nothing but Kobe Bryant jerseys at that game. Like we saw at the Blazers Lakers game today. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, when I got the texts, I mean, I think like anybody else, I was like, there's just no way that that's actually real. But the fact that it was you and it was our our buddy, Scott, and it was another one of my friends that all texted me at the same time before I saw like all the texts come in at once. I was like, not everyone would be able to like see this story at the same time like this. This seems like way too crazy. I tell my dad, I'm like, I think Kobe Bryant just died. He he, even he was like, I I don't believe that. Like, there's just no way. I think, and that's the thing. mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, sorry. I was
2: gonna say. I think that's been the reaction that most people have gotten because you know, relative um, is 41 is not old, and he's a guy who's Mm -hmm. on the news, done all this impressive stuff, so. I think that's kind of something that just punched people in the gut, at least me, where it's like, wow, like even a superhero like Kobe Bryant, like Kobe doesn't fail. Like he he gets down, but he gets right back up. Right. Like that's the mythos mm-hmm. of the mamba. <laughs> uh, but, this, right. we for, you know, it, it seems silly, but it's true that we kind of forget that celebrities such as him and superheroes almost like him are just as human as anybody. And we kind of have to face our own morality, I guess in a way when something like this happens Mm -hmm. and you realize just how fragile life can be. And not only that he uh, tragically passes away, but alongside his daughter as well. And you know, that, that means the his family loses a husband, a father, uh, a sister, cousin, uncle, you know, the list goes on and on alongside the other victims who also lost
0: their lives there. Yeah. Just absolute tragedy. And, just the way it happened to just like, it's not something you see coming, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. like when, when a legend dies in the, when he's in his seventies or his eighties and like, yeah, you can be like, yeah, that's like just the circle of life. That's just natural. But then, yeah, when you find a guy cut down really in his prime, Mm -hmm not in his basketball prime, of course, but just in the prime of his life. And you, you hear all these people talking about how Kobe was happier than he'd ever been right now. Um, over the last three years, last four years since he retired, um, this is when he's really embraced life. Um, been an amazing dad, amazing wife or amazing husband to his wife. Um, and just really it was like going for that second career that eludes, I think a lot of athletes, um, and ch- achieving at that as much as he did in his first career. And that's just, unprecedented honestly for an athlete of his caliber um, And so just just to see that get cut down before it could really even begin uh, like he could have been even just been scratching the surface of what he could have offered to the world as mm-hmm. um, just far as his talents and, and his genius. Uh, it's just it doesn't make sense yeah and that's I think that's where a lot of the grief comes from it's just like how how can someone this powerful like iconic legendary just be gone mm-hmm. like just like that as if like he never existed yeah um, and it's, it's just it's a lot to take in I think that's why it's been such a process for for us like you said like people born in the 80s 90s that grew up idolizing Kobe watching Kobe like everybody knows Kobe Bryant it's not just basketball fans it's the world right and so this is really like the first guy of like our generation the most popular celebrity of our generation to have a fate such as this and it's just it's too much to swallow for us it's it just doesn't make sense
2: yeah and it it took me a while through the week to to, to start feeling better I was pretty Sunday I was devastated when this happened had to go for a long hike and just really think about it and process everything that was happening in my head around this moment. And, and, you know, and it progressively got better and just moments just kept triggering it back. You know what I mean? It was like, if it Mm -hmm. wasn't like tweets that people were putting out to, um, or if it wasn't something that somebody said on TV would just bring back like just deep nostalgic feelings of like being a kid and watching Uh, Kobe Bryant on on Channel 9 local TV or FSN West back when the Lakers had a deal with Fox Sports West for their home games and uh, Channel 9 for their away games. And just seeing this dude do do incredible things night in and night out, just like light up my eyes as a kid. And then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden it's just like gone. Um, It's crazy. And the only other moment I think I can compare it to is when Michael Jackson lost his life. But even then I didn't feel quite as devastated because I didn't grow. Right. I mean, I knew of his music, of course, You wouldn't know Michael Jackson's music, but I didn't watch this man grow. You know, my, my mm-hmm. furthest memories of Michael Jackson was unfortunately, you know, he was already retired and, a lot of them came from the court, from a lot of the court dealings he right, was dealing yeah, with.
0: yeah, the, the, the child uh, trafficking charges yeah, or whatever. Yeah,
2: whereas like Kobe on the other end, you know, me, and I think I speak for me and you too as well as the rest of everybody around our age group is we saw Kobe grow up essentially from being a very uh, cocky, you could say arrogant mm-hmm. kid to essentially then transforming himself into a very compassionate Um, And well-respected, influential figure, not only in basketball, but then the entire world across across the board in industries, it seemed like soccer players and um, basketball players, women and men. And even outside of that, he he had the he got the um, love from
0: political figures as well and artistic figures, too. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I think what also resonates with just us as like normal people with Kobe more so than it would with someone like Michael Jackson, like you're saying, is just it's the Mamba mentality, right? It's it's something that everybody can strive for, no matter what situation you're in, no matter who you are, like you just you can work, Mm -hmm. you can attack. And that's just something that you can't really like. Like, I don't know, you can't really process it's like if you're like looking at a celebrity like Michael Jackson, is like I can't really relate to that guy. Yeah. But for Kobe, it's like I'm watching this man work so hard and like you said, just come from out of high school, um airball in his first game, <laughs> and and he just goes and he works harder and harder than everybody in the gym, and he just perfects his craft and he continued to do that after basketball as well. And that's, that's really what I think resonates with a lot of people is that they've, that's what makes them feel closer to Kobe than they would other celebrities.
2: Yeah. And on that note, from a basketball perspective, you know, Kobe, it was interesting because now that I look back on his career and I see guys like Russell Westbrook and, um, even someone like Kyrie or LeBron, I mean, just, just take a LeBron for, is, for instance, and Kawhi Leonard, Kobe just was never those guys in terms of a physical build. I mean, he was gifted. Mm-hmm. But he, he right. was never yeah. the fast guy. He was never the high flyer um, that Vince Carter was or, you know, Westbrook is now. Or he was just a pretty like in terms of athleticism, he was like probably the I want to say the middle range. And he was skinny. I mean, that I think that was one of his knocks, too. He wasn't he, didn't, he wasn't jacked like LeBron is. Yeah, you know? he wasn't jacked like LeBron or Carmelo. Um, didn't quite have the speed like Dwayne Wade. Um he was just a killer out there. He was just so skilled. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes without saying that probably the most skilled basketball player ever. And I think there's a lot of people who have also been iterating that, um, across the board as people are talking about this, talking about Kobe Bryant.
0: Right. Yeah. And then it's just, and the thing too is just what makes it so hard is that there's, there's moments within uh, throughout the day, um, throughout, throughout the week that have just really brought you back to Kobe Bryant outside of just the news outlets, Mm -hmm. Um, is even, even for me just like working out in the gym you know like I wonder like man like how long would Kobe Bryant be in here for <laughs> you know like I'm just yeah it's like I'm a runner of like above slightly above average talent level and I'm trying to work out here and I'm like man I wonder how fast I can go you know <laughs> like if I just have the mamba mentality yeah
2: And it's funny you say that because I've had the moments like that countless times throughout my life, and sometimes they're really silly, but in a in a way they're very (laughs) they're comforting. They're like self comforting. Like I've had moments where it's like where I've gone into something like a job interview, and I'm just like nervous as hell, especially (laughs) early out of college where. I'm right. just like afraid to be judged, and I'm just like God. You know what would Kobe do? You know, <laughs> or it's like I Yay. gotta have that Mamba mentality, and it's super silly. And I obviously, wouldn't say that out loud, uh, at least not in that very moment. Not to not to anybody that wasn't a close friend, but it would just like that would be something I would default to in mm-hmm. n- in moments of high anxiety or uh, performance m- moments, and and it was just comforting. And I think it's just sort of that comes from childhood, uh, just of watching this dude like basically being your ch- there's something magical about um having somebody be your childhood hero and that never mm-hmm. really goes away. I mean obviously the the time you put into it and the the things you talk about uh change but it never really just goes away though that magic
0: feeling of having a childhood hero. Mhm. Yeah, and just yeah to have him taken away like that it's just so surreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think
2: one of the things that about Kobe as well is like when you look at the city of LA and just the world as a whole is just how he was embraced by all aspects of it I mean Sean you know both me and you're from Southern California we know that that LA Valley is huge and we're talking Mm -hmm. about different classes uh, diversity across the board a lot of immigrants from all across the globe and Kobe was that one guy who was really able to bring people together, whether it was from, you know, the Ellen Empire or East LA, Beverly Hills, Brentwood, and uh, the San Fernando Valley, all these areas, <laughs> yeah. all these different people, all these different um, working classes. People just loved them. One one aspect to, to me that was close uh, was being a Mexican-American in Southern California. Kobe loved Mexican-Americans and the Latino fan base. And I think he spoke to them better than any athlete Southern California had ever had. Um, Big Mm -hmm. reason for that was Vanessa was Mexican American, his wife. And he had a quote that I really loved. He's like, my Latino fans are very important to me because they were the first ones who embraced me the moment that I first got here. And he said, give me two to three years so that I can learn a little bit of Spanish. (laughs) And granted this man did learn Spanish and he learned it very well doing interviews for some of the local Spanish TV channels here. And you know, my mom learned to love my aunts and uncles Mm -hmm. and, And, you know, they're all from Mexico and no more Spanish than uh, English, more comfortable with that language. And yet they learned to love Kobe Bryant just because he he at least (laughs) put the effort in trying to learn Spanish. And a top reggaeton artist from Latin America named his new single after him, Six Rings, and, you know, just talks about his love for Kobe Bryant. And Hmm. I think another important um, group is also the Filipinos in the Philippines. The Philippines built a whole basketball shrine for Kobe naming it the house of Kobe and they also have that court-sized mural that's been going around Instagram and and Kobe Bryant is one of those big reasons why basketball is now the most popular sport in the Philippines
0: yeah that court-sized mural that's awesome him him and his daughter Gianna yeah um yeah it's like It's just cool to see this. And then, like, the fact that he can speak all these languages, it not just speaks to his intellect Mm -hmm. and his ability to learn these things, but it just speaks to, yeah, like you said, like the amount of care that he puts into the fan base, into each different race of people. Because it's like he wanted to connect with all these different groups of people Mm -hmm. and bring everyone together. And that's something you can really do in L.A. because we have so many different um, races, diversity. And he just wanted to be a part of all of them. He wanted to bring them all together, and he succeeded. Yeah. Honestly, like if 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 there was any question before um, <laughs> after his death, there's certainly not. Just it really did feel like the world came together behind Kobe because like he spoke he spoke Spanish, he spoke Italian, he even spoke a little Serbian <laughs> um, in a game this year trying to trash talk Luka Doncic, right. and. and China, obviously, we don't even have to get into that really, but, and there, we will a little bit, but there's so there's just so many different countries that just have their own Kobe moments <laughs> um, that it's just, he brought the world together in his passing. It just seemed like the world kind of stopped for him on that day.
2: Yeah, exactly. And China is just a different beast when it comes to Kobe. Uh, I think this is a funny tidbit here is hashtags related to Kobe Bryant on Sunday accumulated 3 billion views Within a couple hours. And just to put that in perspective. That outdid. Any hashtag. Related to the coronavirus. Which is essentially. A huge (laughs) pressing issue right now. In China. Especially in China. So more people were discussing it. um, Clicking into articles. Related to the death of Kobe Bryant. Then then this this coronavirus outbreak. In China on Sunday. Um, It. It's crazy when you put it into that perspective. I think, at least for me, and I mean, this guy is a guy who <laughs> earned the allegiance of the Chinese government to have his own charity established in China, helping out lower-income students and lower-income children. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's hard as heck to do in this country. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, this—the list goes on. But another, another kind of silly one is he managed—he has his own—he had his own reality show there called the Kobe Disciples. Uh, where (laughs) basically people competed and did workouts uh, approved by Kobe to, to compete in like an all out basketball tournament. Um, Whoa. I mean, he also had his own statue there. Like China built him a statue before the city of LA has. And I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, and
0: that won't last long though.
2: Exactly. And I mean, I can pick out a bunch of other little things around China and around other countries, but I think the point there is made that this guy was just beloved.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, you can talk trash about Kobe all you want. I mean, there are Kobe haters, Mm -hmm. right? But like, I feel like they're only Kobe haters in that they were on a team that was different than Kobe's team. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day, it's like, you're going to look at your opponent's flaws. And for him, obviously is the, uh, the field goal percentage in some years or the selfishness it would seem like because he just wanted to win so badly. And it's at the end of the day, when everyone looks back on it, it's like, yeah, you have to respect this man and what he did, especially seeing him grow up and become the man that he did. Like, how can you hate him? Yeah,
2: I agree. I think one of the coolest things that, uh, that's been happening is like a lot. There's a Kobe Bryant was always just like this very quiet figure too. At the same time, like he doesn't have an in-depth book. He has that book, the Mamba mentality, but he's been written about more than he's written, than he has come out and written about himself. So I think we've lost, Mm -hmm. A lot of like those stories, those tidbits that we're getting now from guys who have come out in the recent years with their own stories. And I think because of this death, a lot of people are coming out and sharing sort of these little moments they've had with Kobe. who have kind of have put not a different perspective on him, but really solidified a lot more of his character. And I think here is a moment for us, Sean, to talk about some of these favorite stories (laughs) we've heard the last few days. And I think I could go first here. And I, it's a little yeah. little bit more of a lighthearted one is Jerry West. And, you know, he, oh man, this man just put his emotions out there on every single interview. Mm-hmm. And it was crushing to see him this way. I'm a little bit worried. Hopefully we don't lose Jerry West because of how devastated yeah. he's been. But he did share this lighthearted story and it's short. <laughs> and he said, um, he said that one time he was at the forum when Kobe first started coming out with this Mamba uh black mamba nickname and he said kobe did you know that the mongoose can kill the black mamba um and, and there was a pause <laughs> and he turned and said not this mamba <laughs> <Hey>.
0: <laughs> that's that's really cool uh, that's that's a pretty epic quote
2: yeah, i absolutely love it oh that is a that was a yeah. funny one for me
0: yeah, and I have one on a little more of a serious note. I was actually in the pregame show to the Lakers Blazers game that happened earlier today. Um, it was Michael Wilbon on the pregame show talking about his own Kobe moment. I thought it was really cool mm-hmm. um, because it's it's one of those guys. that's like, yeah, my Wilbon is like close with Kobe, but not like in his inner circle, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes to show like how far Kobe's reach extended throughout the sports world. So 12 years ago, Wilbon had a heart attack and he was in the hospital for four days. He recovered he came home and there's this giant bouquet of flowers um, sitting there. He's like, who is that from? And uh, someone like, Oh, it's from Kobe. He's like, no, it wasn't <laughs> like, why would Kobe send me flowers? Yeah. And he gets, he gets on the phone with um, the Lakers uh, director of uh, PR. And he's like, Hey, did, did Kobe send me these flowers? And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure because Kobe asked me for your address like, or like a few days ago. <laughs> uh, and so he like get he uh, finds Kobe and they uh, they're talking it out and Kobe basically grills Wilbon for not taking better care of himself because <laughs> <laughs> this man this guy had a heart attack. I think he was in his 40s at the time. Yeah. And Kobe's like, you got a family, man. Like, you got to be better than that. You got to take care of yourself. You can't just be letting yourself go. Like, you got to fight harder. (laughs) And that was like a turning point for Wilma. I mean, he's he's been doing well since then. And I thought that was just a really cool moment. It's just like Kobe's mama mentality, just right there on display um, for a totally different scenario than a basketball game. Is for for life. Yeah, you know,
2: just not giving. I mean, maybe he did give him some comforting words, but I'm gonna guess that Kobe's just straight to the to the things that you yeah, should have been doing, point. <laughs> as opposed to. Oh yeah. Oh, are you sure. feeling okay? You know, you just had a heart attack, probably the worst thing that could possibly happen to a person. <laughs> but uh, straight to the point of just you got to do what you got to do to make to make things right. Um,
0: yeah, some great tough love there. And another one, just that was a cool one that Jay Williams had when he first came on. Um, The day that Kobe died was that he was talking about how he's a rookie in the league. He went into the gym really early, like 4 a.m. in the morning. Kobe was already there, (laughs) you know. And then he he works out for like an hour, like super hard, and he leaves, and Kobe Bryant's still there. (laughs) And he goes up to Kobe, he's like, man, why were you working so hard today? He's like, I just wanted you to know that you weren't going to work harder than (laughs) me. Oh,
2: yes. I have heard (laughs) this one before. Yeah.
0: That was an awesome story. Yeah,
2: that... It's totally him, though, it seems like out of all these tidbits and stories that people show, he's just a dude who just wanted to not only outwork you, but also just make sure you knew it. You knew that he right, was- Right, like
0: no matter who you were, yeah. right? It's just, this is a rookie who didn't have any clout yet, mm-hmm. you know, and he still wants to show him yeah, up.
2: Yeah, he's just straight up letting you know that he's outworking you, just planting the seeds of intimidation mm-hmm. right from the start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: He's playing 40 chess, man. Exactly, it's amazing. And I
2: mean, all that and that mentality, of course, led to what we know to be his basketball legacy. And from a basketball perspective, I mean, let's just sum it sum it up right here: first yeah. guard to come out of high school, five-time NBA champion, 2008 MVP, two-time NBA Finals MVP, 18-time All Star, 15-time All NBA, 30. 30- 12-time all-defense NBA. That's that's the crazy one is he's just like kept it going consistently, even on the defensive side. A four-time scoring mm-hmm. champ and fourth on the all-time scoring list. Um, the accolades are just, you know, second to, to very few. And the career average is mm-hmm. 25 points, 5-5, five five, 45% shooting from three over 1,300 games played, over 30,000 points Oof. scored. You know, shooting close to 50% from that mid-range area, that sweet spot, <laughs> 5 to 16 feet from the basket. You know, the Kobe turnaround, the Kobe to the, to the left or to the right, either right-handed or left-handed. His signature move from some turnaround fadeaway. I mean, mm-hmm. he mastered that better than anybody. And when you break it down even further from the years 20 to 33, you know, what arguably would be considered his prime, the 98 season to the 2012 season, pre-Achilles It's 27 points, 5-on-5, and 46% shooting. and shooting 50% from that mid-range area. Wow. Yeah, that's
0: not even that much off of what his career average is. Yeah. You know? Like, it's only a few extra points, same rebound, same assist, a little better shooting. And that just goes to show, like, he was so consistent. Oh, yeah. Like, every year, like, even after the 2012 season, he was, like, that was the times when he was trying to basically carry the team on his back entirely. Yeah. Because yeah, they're past the championship years, and you're just like, man, Kobe is just working so hard to get this team to compete, mm-hmm. but they just really didn't have a chance with the roster they put around him after that. And, um, th- and they had a good stretch, like after, like in the 2012 season, I think. But after that, it was just like, oh, it was a rough years. But he still, he still powered through.
2: Yeah, those were some rough years. The Laker fan base, we've had a tough decade, to be honest. Very tough decade. And I think, but the fortunate side of it is that this is all going on, you know, from a basketball perspective that at a moment where we can legitimately say, let's win it this year for Kobe. And it's not a stretch. Mm -hmm. I mean, in fact, it seemed like the Lakers were, are, are easily a top three favorite right now to win the NBA championship. And now with this behind them, it's very, it's very fortunate you know that the Lakers are in this position where we have a good product to put out there on the court. We have dudes who love basketball and and can win some games. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see that. I would love to see the perfect ending to this story. You know, as and yeah. obviously it's not going to be easy. And just because this happened doesn't mean the Lakers are now entitled to winning the title. But it would be yeah, right. great to to you know to be that to add that as a finishing touch to this story.
0: Right. It would be poetic. But then at the same time, you look at like guys on the Clippers, mm-hmm. guys on really any team in the league, they all have some connection to Kobe Bryant in some way. Um, even the younger guys, on, the t- especially the younger guys on the teams, because they they're the ones that really grew up watching him, kind of just like us. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of relates to Kobe and like, knows what his game's about and is like, now I'm going to play this season for Kobe. Yeah, You know, like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George saying that, Kyrie Irving earlier today, and really just everybody. Like, every NBA player was touched by this to the point where they're like, I need to work harder. Right. Because Kobe would have wanted me to do that. And because I play basketball and he he is my icon, that's what I'm going to do. And so even if it would it'd be very poetic and it makes sense that the Lakers would want to play harder to win the championship than everybody else, I feel like everybody else is also going to have a similar mentality. Yeah,
2: and it's just going to – it's crazy. And, you know, as badly as I want to wish that they do it, I know that it's going to be a tough journey still nonetheless. And if they do it, like mm-hmm. you said, it will be poetic. Um, but I definitely don't want to say we got to win it for Kobe. You know, I just – Want to yeah. think that they got to win it because they are essentially a good team and they are in position to potentially win it, but they got to still do the dirty the dirty work, get in there, mm-hmm. stay focused and and beat some of these really really tough teams, whoever it may be, in the playoffs and eventually take on the Bucks in the finals because I think it's going to be the Bucks. At this yeah,
0: point. <laughs> it probably will be. I mean, I mean, who knows? Who knows? It, there's some good teams. I mean, you, we just had Odalipo come back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be a tough road for sure. And I mean, I think it'll, the, the pain of the loss this week is especially, um, it's easy to tell it's affecting the Lakers. Um, just, I mean, they had to miss the game on Tuesday, um, and they come out today and it's it's just very emotional before the game. It's like, I don't, you don't know if they're ready to play even yet. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that, that, I mean, that wound will heal over time for sure. But, I mean, they're just going to have to tough this stretch out and get back to just focusing on the game and uh, doing what Kobe would do.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the first, what, five minutes of that game, it seemed like the Lakers were just looking for a big play, a big yeah, play. And the,
0: the fans were just, yeah, the fans were just almost begging for something to distract them from. I mean, they had that entire tribute and it was a long tribute mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful tribute. Um, but it just puts you in a mood where you're just like, you just want to grieve a little, right? but then you have to go play a basketball game. And so you only get, I mean, they had did that 24 second violation. The Lakers did. And then the eight second violation by the Blazers to follow it up. And they had that time to really, um, get back into the game. And yeah, like you said, it just, it just seemed a little flat Mm -hmm. coming out of the gate. Yeah, Um, but that's what you'd expect. Yeah.
2: And it is what I, it is what I saw. So hopefully they can shake, I mean, it's tough to ask them to shake it off, but I mean, in yeah. all reality, it's a it's a tough Western Conference, nonetheless. And the Lakers, I think, would really, really, it would really help if they could keep that home court advantage and not fall off here as a result of this event. Yeah. And,
0: and they have they have a cushion too, so they
2: have time to keep right, it right. Exactly, but you know, moving away from basketball, just back to Kobe here and his legacy, mm-hmm. really off the core. I think this is the one that's a. Another punch in the gut here is just sort of the way this man had really uh, approached his passions and his daughters. And one of those was bringing women's basketball forward. And he was such a proponent for not not just women's basketball, but women's sports in general. I mean, he had a tight connection with that women's USA team. He had that famous quote, I think, where somebody said, oh, I, why can't the U.S. win a World Cup title? And, and he's like, why? why are you saying that? We already have. Obviously, alluring to the U.S. women's soccer who's won countless mm-hmm. uh, World yeah. Cup titles already, <laughs> but obviously, they don't, he feels, and I mean, it's true, they don't quite get the respect that they should. And I think b- him being a father of four daughters, uh, really putting that as one of his passion points in his post basketball life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, having the Mamba Sports Academy coaching his his daughter's team there. Um, and having th- like three hour practices with them sometimes like ma- like Mamba mentality <laughs> practices where it's like you guys actually want to be good like I will go hard on you if you want me yeah. to and they're like yeah sure it's like okay we're gonna do three hour practices <laughs> let's get started and it's like man he just had so much to offer them and I feel like he was really having an impact in a lot of these girls' lives. I mean, that um, I can't remember the name of the girl, but the one from Notre Dame mm-hmm. um, that he really took under his wing that, like, they were, like, very close. Um, the girl from Oregon, too. And just, yeah, the the, the girls that he coached um, in that sports academy, it's like he was really bringing up the next generation of women's basketball players. And I, I feel like they were on the verge of something great. And they still can be. Um, but, man, if they just had Kobe Bryant there to just continue to impart his knowledge on them and continue to be that icon for women's basketball, that I mean, it's such a huge boon for them uh, to have him there. And hopefully, um, just with his legacy continuing, that that can continue to thrive and evolve and that women's basketball can continue to reach a point of um, greatness. Yeah,
2: because I think it's tough to replace such an influential person who can really cross right. so many Bases, you know, like his his influence across sports is just like that of no other. Like, I mean, Jordan. We're talking mm-hmm. about maybe Jordan and Magic Johnson, a uh, LeBron, a Tom. Not even a Tom Brady could do cross sports like that. No, maybe no Liano way. Messi. Like, there's only a few people that you can probably count on your fingers that can do this. Mm-hmm. Just cross across so many uh, countries and sports and still continue that that high level of influence and. And Kobe was just using that really to um, to get women's sports moving forward, not only for the sport itself, but for his daughters. So that's tough to lose that. And I think it's like you said, there's it's only more of an opportunity for somebody else to step into that limelight. And maybe some of us to wake up a little bit, including, them. you know, I'm pointing in the finger at myself, too, and
0: I'll pay more attention to <laughs> yeah. what's going on
2: in that in that world. Um, mm-hmm. And I try my best, but more than anything, maybe I think this is sort of a wake up call there. Um and another point here that I wrote is sort of his charity work, and I think this is something he never really uh, pushed to the forefront, but I made a list here of some of the things that I knew he was doing and some of the things I did some research on. So he appeared for the Make-A-Wish Foundation more than 100 times over the last 20 years, as well as raising money mm-hmm. for that. He was the official spokesman for After School All-Stars, a national children's charity that provided after-school programs to 7200 over 72,000 kids in the L.A. area. He was a frequent fundraiser. He would frequently fundraise money for cancer, for cancer associations across the board, over $20 million fundraised with help from Kobe Bryant. Of course, the Kobe and Vanessa Bryant Family Foundation, um, a foundation that he... He started for the city of L.A., which has raised $2 million for college grants for lower income teens in L.A. And another one is I remember reading about this quite a while ago about he had a passion point for homelessness in the L.A. area. And Mm. I mean, obviously, it's no secret that in California we do have. You know, a homeless problem, especially in the major cities of San Francisco and LA. Yeah. And he started, he helped with three different organizations Step on Second, My Friend's Place, and United Way of Greater LA. He frequently um, hosted a walk and a run there that raised money for these organizations. And he consistently showed up and did events for them to also raise money. And these are some of the things, you know, that never really made quite um, national media, but I think were passion points of his and definitely important for the city of LA.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is all just amazing work. And I, I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't extensively knowing about all of the charity work he's done, but I can imagine it doesn't even end here. Yeah,
2: exactly. And I think, you know, now that we've talked a little bit of things off the court, let's go to something about basketball, Sean, how about your basketball, your Mm. your favorite basketball
0: moment from Kobe Bryant? Do you have one? (laughs) I mean, there's so many good ones. I mean, his performance in game seven against Boston in 2010, incredible. I think my favorite though was probably the sixty point game. Mm. Honestly, because it's I guess it's my most recent back of school memory, obviously. And I just I remember it the most vividly because like Kobe had been getting crapped on the entire year, mm-hmm. you know. Like Everyone was just backing, it was like why is he even like playing like this? Like he's just playing terribly and they're losing and all this stuff and he's just he's just playing it for a farewell tour. But then he comes out in this game against the Jazz, and we're just watching the game, and he's just draining buckets, and you're like, wow, like that looked like vintage vintage Kobe, wow, that shot looked like prime Kobe right there, and he just keeps putting up points. And I I remember in the fourth quarter when I was watching this, i like, we were, we were talking about this with my roommate, I was like, he's gonna have to score 50 points if they're gonna win this game, <laughs> and then he gets to 40, we're like wow, he might actually get to 50. He gets to 50, we're like, oh my gosh, like this is insane. Now, I had to pee so bad for, like, that entire fourth quarter, but I could not, like, risk having to get away from the TV for one second because I'd miss one second of this historic moment. Yeah. And the moment he got to 60 points, we just start freaking <laughs> out. Like, it was so nuts. Like, I cannot tell you just, like, how excited. It was, there, was like, there was, like, six or seven of us there, and we were just dying. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then just that uh, post game speech at the end, just to seal it all off. And it's something that you see uh, over and over for all these tribute videos that you see of Kobe. It's just Mamba out, man. It's just an amazing basketball moment.
2: Yeah. I think the funniest thing about that day, too, and it's quote unquote such Kobe thing is that he outdid the, the Warriors also having a historical night. They were on ESPN 2 and he <laughs> was on right. ESPN 1.
1: He, <laughs> yeah, he had higher
2: yeah. viewership. And it was so
0: funny. Yeah, 73 wins and doesn't yeah, matter. <laughs> so much so
2: that, uh, you know, when we were watching that game, we were flipping back and forth and we eventually just stayed on the Kobe game and not even flipped the channel back to the Warriors.
0: You know, getting oh, yeah. their 73rd wor- yeah. win. no way. <laughs> yeah, big deal. Big deal 73 wins. Kobe's getting 60 <laughs> points in this game. And I
2: think that's the most hilarious thing about it is that that's such a Kobe thing where it's like somebody's doing this,
0: he's going to figure out how to do it better. He's got a crappy team. Oh, yeah. No playoff <laughs> chance. <laughs> Always, man. He gave it his all. He used all of his energy. And then there was a quote from Gordon Hayward um, from earlier in the week where he's like, yeah, I, that wasn't, a fluke at all. I wasn't giving him anything. Yeah. Like I was legit trying to stop him and I couldn't.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I <laughs> I believe it and you know when they replayed that game, you know, a couple nights ago, I was right, watching yeah. it and, mm-hmm. you know, I was watching it pretty emotionally, but I was also just paying really close attention to because I was like, okay, was, was this game a fluke? Like, was Utah <laughs> in on it? Because they had Rudy Gobert, <laughs> yeah. you know, Rudy Gobert, defensive right. player I of the know. year.
0: They're a great defensive team in general. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And the more I watched it, I'm like, oh no, this Utah team was just really bad at that time. Like, Kobe <laughs> just straight up, like, laid it up in, on all over Rodney Hood. Gordon Hayward was mm. trying his best to keep up with him, but... You know, Kobe just used his skill to really outslither some of these dudes. And yes. he just did what he needed to do and he got it done. Um, but my favorite basketball moment is... I mean, I'm going way back. I didn't realize that this was mm, over 10 good. years ago now. is in 2008 oh, yeah. in the Beijing wow. Olympics against Spain in the Olympic finals. Kobe Bryant had himself 20 points. And I mean, that's pretty modest compared to what we were used to in the NBA. But at that time... The U.S. was up 91 to 89 against a Spain team that had the size, had a young, a prime Pagasol, uh, a young Marc Gasol, a prime Serge Ibaka, Ricky Rubio. They were just stacked. And this USA team had really no size. It was Dwight Howard. Anthony Davis, and then it was like LeBron Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Jason Kidd. It was basically an all-guard team. So they were having trouble with the with the size of Spain. And Kobe Bryant basically just took over. 13 points in the last mm-hmm. eight minutes, including a four-point play to put the game out of reach. He essentially scored wow. only it was the only score for that USA team with three minutes to go and sealed the deal for them to take that gold medal. And I remember watching this, I think at like 2 a.m. or 1 a.m. live and just being like, like stoked and couldn't believe what I had just. I just (laughs) went as like one of the clutchest performance. Even to this day, I it's hard to think of something else uh, that was as clutch as this. I mean, it could also just be the nostalgia bias here, but
0: it was it was, (laughs) it was a great it was a great it's a great memory for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's super cool because it's super unconventional too, mm-hmm. right? This is not even in an NBA game. Like, this is this is against a World Cup team. Yeah, exactly. Just the best that
2: Spain had to offer. And still to this day, well, I mean, obviously the U.S. lost recently. But that was a hell of a team to go up against. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, so a lot of those dudes went on to do special things in the NBA. Uh, but hell of a performance there. But some of the tributes that have been going down now for Kobe Bryant... Um, there's there's an
0: extensive list of them. Uh, any you got yeah. any favorites here, Sean? So far, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there there's some good ones. I think, I mean, all obviously the teams on Sunday, the, the Sunday that he passed away, they all paid tribute to him by either taking a 24 and eight second violation to start the game. I think I think pretty much every team did that for their first game um, since the news. And with the Lakers being the last one to do it uh, tonight on Friday, mm. um, since they uh, didn't have their game on Tuesday earlier this week, but. I, I just loved seeing all, all of the respect from across the league. It's just nothing but love. I and mean, Trey Young actually wearing number eight to honor Kobe, whereas you're seeing other guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Markeith Morris, Terrence Ross, all players that wore eight or 24 are now electing to change their number mid-season, which is not really something that's been allowed, but the NBA is making an exception for them for this, um, for this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on either side of it, both both players, um, either wearing his number or n- choosing to never wear his number again, um, to really give show him respect in in different ways. And there, there's so many ways you can show respect to Kobe through this game. And I think uh, something that's kind of surreal kind of magical are some of these coincidences <laughs> that's happened over the course of this week that just make you think that there's a greater power out there. Like Kobe is looking down and just like smiling at the game right now, yeah. because I mean, you got Trey young and Devin Booker. You could argue two players that were very impacted by Kobe Bryant growing up and watching him play and learning how to play from mm-hmm. him. Combine for 24 made field goals on the same day. These are in different games as well. Shot 24 field goals Combined for eighty-one points. Yeah, like you can't write stuff like this. Like the fact that that happened is just so unreal. Yeah, I agree. I I, I don't know what like, to say. <laughs> you, you couldn't like you. It'd be impossible to add up stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and then you see Joel Embiid. Um, he scores twenty-four points while wearing number twenty-four to honor Kobe. Mm-hmm. And then you have Charlotte, the team that drafted him, shooting 8 of 24 from 3 in their first game um, since his passing. And it's just, I don't know, it's something special about it that like kind of warms your heart, Yeah, you know, that like he's still like, his spirit is still like in the game.
2: Yeah, I, I just, I don't really know what to think of it. And when I was seeing these come through, I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, I, I don't know. I just, I don't really have words for it. I think something just not to take away from the, the coolness of the moment, but I think something that was pretty funny that I was seeing on social media was some people were, were, were tweeting or posting there like now the New York Knicks have said they're going on a 24-game losing
0: streak <laughs> to
2: under Cody <Kobe> Bryant.
0: <laughs> okay, that's I really funny. Those were pretty funny. <laughs> I was
2: like, "Oh, is that real? No, that's that's not real. That's that's a bunch of clowns." But still, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty cool. And then you have all these other athletes yeah. s- expressing themselves on social media. Shaq vowing not to hold grudges. Kendrick Perkins publicly making an apology to Kevin Durant and he has, I Mm -hmm. haven't seen a social media response from him or Gilbert arena saying he's going to start his coaching career. And after the advice that Kobe gave him years ago, that he should be sharing his intelligence and his knowledge of the game with other younger
0: athletes, um, Yep. And in typical Kobe fashion, uh, was not beating around the bush in that request either. He was uh, very straightforward and said, stop being an idiot on social media. (laughs) Oh, yes.
2: That's what it was. (laughs) I was trying to remember the exact quote. That's what it was. Yes. Thank you.
0: Yep. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And
2: I mean, LeBron James, Anthony Davis getting the new tattoos as well as Fans across the globe getting tattoos. I saw this picture of this one tattoo that somebody got, and it's clearly from a third world country, but it is just awful, Mm -hmm. but still nonetheless funny. And then that one that's been going around as well as of somebody just completely tattooing
0: an outline of, Uh, the back of a Laker jersey onto his own back. Oh, wow. Have you seen that? It's like, I I didn't see that one. I did see someone take up half their back of a, basically a portrait of Kobe and Gianna. (laughs) It was like on the entire top half of his back. It was like more black than skin. (laughs) And it was just all ink. And I was just like, holy crap. Like, is that a real tattoo? <laughs> but like, honestly, I believe if it was because like, that's how diehard Laker fans were for Kobe. That's how diehard Kobe fans were. They they would do that. <laughs> and I wouldn't even think twice about it.
2: I just got to. Th- I mean, I love Kobe, but man, that's crazy. Not only that, but in the pain and the fact that you're going to carry that for the rest of your life. But the, that that's not that cannot be a cheap tattoo. Oh yeah, no, no yeah. way.
0: <laughs> that that would probably hurt so bad yeah. too.
2: Or that's got to be over a a thousand dollars, like
0: $5,000. I would just have to think. Yeah. But then it, that doesn't even matter to these Kobe fans though too cuz like look at what happened to the ticket prices of True. games. Uh like this like before the Lakers Clippers one got postponed, tickets were going for 1000 bucks minimum. Um after after the news and then once that one got canceled the Portland game was like $900 and yeah, like Fans don't care about the price. Like the de- the demand of the tickets, it's just gonna it's gonna be astronomical for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. But you know, it is what it is. We're looking at the memorials, all the murals, all the things being shared, and uh, at LA Live for Kobe, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Cuban, even another guy saying the Maverick will never wear twenty four again, uh, essentially retiring the jersey from his franchise as well. I mean, I I honestly, yeah. at first when it happened, I was like, this is something the NBA should do. They should, for, they should retire number 24. Now I'm kind of going back mm-hmm. on it. I'm like, I don't know. I think some players, you know, the way players wear 23 because Jordan was their favorite player growing up. Right. You know, I don't see why p- players can't do that. Also wear the number 24 to honor their favorite player. Hmm.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like like uh, <coughs> Trey Young did. You know. Like Joel Embiid did. Like they they. You can honor someone in many different ways as yeah. long as your intentions are good. So yeah. I mean, if, if that's how Mark Cuban wants to do it, that's awesome. Um. But I don't expect. I don't expect other teams to do this as well. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And one final one here is Kyrie Irving. Man, Kyrie Irving. This guy. This Kyrie Irving's a sensitive soul. He is a sensitive soul man. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. he is. And so
2: is Duran. I I can see why and more the more and more I read about their interviews and the more they come out and do stuff, like it's like, okay, these guys are like sensitive not that there's anything wrong with it, mm-hmm. but in a situation like this, this unfortunate tragedy, it just kinda puts it makes Kyrie Irving really look like a a, a lighthearted human being, you know. Like it really Sure. Yeah. He has said some pretty uh, awkward and weird things. Um, but this, I think, essentially, I think has won, won me back in terms of being a fan of Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving. 19 of 23 from the field, 7 of 9 from beyond the arc. I mean, as a guy, if you include free throws, he only missed fi- five shots in the 50-point game he had. Uh, wow. Third player in NBA history to make 80% of his shots in a 50-point performance. Enjoying the ranks of Carl Malone, sure. Michael Jordan, and Will Chamberlain, who did it more than a couple times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, this guy just talks about Kobe, and he, he's he's broken, and for him to come out and put a performance like this, I think it speaks volume, not only for him in the moment, but also just for the, the season he's been having with this Nets team so far. Like, this is something this team needed to see from Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like, it just transcends any locker room, whatever is going on you know any drama that's going on like this transcends all that it it makes it seem small Mm -hmm. and yeah maybe maybe this is something where Kyrie Irving is gonna start looking at things differently too kind of like how we're talking about with Shaq and Gilbert Arenas and Kendrick Perkins it's like maybe maybe he's he's in touch with his own morality now too and is is living life in a different way and his game definitely seemed that way this is an incredible game and Kyrie always has been kind of that, a, a good Kobe comparison as far as how he plays the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he's taken a lot of, of tips from Kobe's game and looked up to him when he was developing his game too. So, um, yeah, to see, to see Kyrie Irving, um, respond in this way, it was really cool. Yeah.
2: It, it's, it, it's great to see him put, put something like that. Hopefully it kind of pulls the nets now into, into a better, a better place for their team as they progress through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think now we're looking now looking forward, you know, after this event and the tributes that we've been seeing now, I guess looking ahead, the next thing here is the Hall of Fame for Kobe. And I think that's one that's also pretty, pretty sad here is that we're not going to get to see these Hall of Fame speeches have become Mm -hmm. iconic now in the YouTube era (laughs) where like we just look back on these Hall of Fame speeches and, you know, make jokes out of them or or really take pieces of them and and um and, li- and live by them and uh starting you know with jordan dennis rodman and some of these that have happened and it's unfortunate that we're not going to get to get one for kobe we're not going to get one to you know to pick apart and enjoy parts of it and you know make fun of parts of it and and <laughs> you know, just see what comes out of it. just come see what brilliant content can come out of it and it's just it sucks that this is just not going to happen
0: yeah, I mean, it's like it's with that and it speaks to the larger thing of like how much could Kobe have offered to us, you yeah. know? Like like not just in his speeches cuz he was such a well-spoken person, right. especially in his later years, like you could just hear the joy and just the the realness in his voice, you know? Like he he had figured it mm-hmm. out, you know, like he'd figured life out and he was living it to the fullest and he had so much in his brain to offer us. And like, just every word he said was just something interesting. And so, yeah, to not be able to get that Hall of Fame speech, it, it's terrible, but I think a really good move by the committee to just bypass the traditional screening process and just vote him in unanimously. Like there was no other option but to do that. I'm really glad that they Yeah. found they they decided that as well. Exactly.
2: And I mean to be real who in the right mind would not have voted this man in on first ballot? I know, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be absolutely ridiculous to not consider him yeah. in that way.
2: Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would. Only clowns would do that. You only clowns.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and how about um, the All Star Game? And, you know, when this all started coming out, I was confused, honestly. I was confused as to oh, what very was happening. <laughs> and I think I, I read the article. I was like, I have no idea what this is. And I just scrolled through Twitter and some random person broke it down <laughs> really good. Better than the writer did. And I was like,
0: oh, now it makes sense. But still, like, I mean, what do you think of this, Sean? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I mean, so I don't think the All-Star format as a whole is actually honoring Kobe. But the part that is, is the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. or what happens in the fourth quarter. So basically now, I mean, they've been trying to make the all-star game more competitive for years now, but I don't think this is going to do it because no one's even going to want to play the (laughs) all-star game because they don't want to risk injury. They don't want to tire themselves out. The regular season is what matters to get to the playoffs. Like nobody's going to ever care about the all-star game, no matter what format it's in. That's, that's my opinion. But basically each quarter is now its own mini game. With the team that wins that quarter getting money donated to their charity. So, I don't know, maybe if you want to play for charity. I mean, it, both teams are going to get money donated to charity, so I don't think that's going to affect their play, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but so, once the fourth quarter comes, that's where the big change happens. The scores from the first three quarters are added up, and the, a team basically wins the game when they get a score that's 24 points higher than the current leading team. So, if the score after three quarters added up was a hundred to 95, um, they'd just play the fourth quarter to a hundred, whoever gets to 124 points first, um, with that 24 being the part where they're honoring Kobe. And for that game, James is going to wear number two for Gianna and Giannis is going to wear number 24 for Kobe, um, to, to remember him and respect him in that way.
2: I like the numbers. I don't know how I feel Mm -hmm. about the,
0: the game format, but I mean, it. Yeah, it's whatever. I don't, I don't really care what format it's in. It. It's. It's different. Yeah, I don't have
2: any. <laughs> I'm not excited about it. Nor am I like frustrated or disappointed by it. I'm just kind of like, oh, it just feels like a change for the sake of a change. Um. So, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see once it's in practice. Maybe it actually turns out to be a lot more funner than it sounds. Um. Because I don't. I just don't really know how this is gonna ha- work out. But we'll see. We'll see, yeah,
0: I, I think that I think the idea is that it makes the players want to play harder because, like, oh, I gotta get to a certain point total by the end of the quarter, or like, oh, i I can't I have to play defense because I don't all I have to do is prevent them from scoring x amount of points. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it's a good concept, but it it won't matter. But I'm glad that it at least opens it up to be able to honor Kobe. Yeah. You know, like I think that's the cool part. I think
2: I lo- I like that, too, because I think w- when this first happened on Sunday, some of the cool th- tweets that I saw, like in terms of people's ideas of how to honor and tribute Kobe Bryant, one of the cool ideas was this one where, um, you know, and some of them were like J- LeBron James's team wears only eight and Giannis's team wears 24. But I think I really like this, mm-hmm. the number two for Gianna and number 24 yeah. for Kobe. I think that's. That's great. That's uh, that's one. I'm glad that this got adopted. Um, not to say that they got the, the NBA got the idea from from random Twitter Twitter users, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's <laughs> they yeah, maybe they did. Who knows? But I still love that this actually ended up becoming something that's happening. And then one of the other ones that's like going around is the changing the logo to an outline of Kobe Bryant. Uh, I, yeah. Last I saw, it's like more over three million people have signed this online petition to get it changed not that the petition is actually going to make a difference but still it just speaks to volume of people who are essentially down for this to happen and then you know jerry west for years yeah. has been saying that he he wouldn't mind if it got changed i mean and that's just jerry west who he is as a person very modest dude
0: do, yeah. do we see this happening sean what do you how do you feel about it it's, it's just weird because it seems like all signs should point to it happening I don't know any reason why it shouldn't happen because, like you said, Jerry West doesn't give a crap if he's on the logo yeah. or not. Three over three million people have signed this petition. I wish that that mattered. I, it should mm-hmm. matter, you know. Like it, people should notice that this many people want this to be changed. And the NBA has no reason not to, in my opinion. I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. I think Kobe's as an iconic a basketball player as Jerry West or anybody else that's ever played the game, as, as iconic as Michael Jordan mm-hmm. even. Like, there's no reason not to do it. And I think what better way to immoralize him than to put him as the logo of the sport.
2: Yeah, and I agree too. I mean, when we look at the future of the NBA, the people who are really watching the game now and consuming the content the way it's being consumed nowadays in terms of the digitalization of the NBA content, like social media highlights profiles uh, outlets like bleacher report SB nation um, the ringer, like it's, it's a total online world. It's a total world that's being consumed by people like me and you now, Sean, who grew up Mm -hmm. with Kobe and LeBron rather than Jordan magic Johnson and Jerry, like the fans of Jerry West you know, it's just a circle. It's just life. They're just not quite as many and they're not quite consuming the NBA content as much as people who know Kobe and know LeBron. Right. Like, I don't know. I think it's, I would wouldn't mind seeing this evolution happen and the NBA adopting a Kobe logo.
0: Yeah. And it makes it so much easier for us to pass that down to the next generation too. It's like the people that grow up in, yeah. Like if when like 20 years from now kids would be like, Oh, who's Kobe Bryant? And like that guy's the logo of the sport, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to like open up that conversation. Exactly,
2: and then guess who who really pushed for Kobe and and loved him and you know can I guess you could arguably say was maybe his first professional mentor as Jerry West. It all it feels West. poetic mm-hmm. in a way, and and from that viewpoint, uh, so I would love to see mm-hmm. it happen. And then the next one that I got here is a statue. It's like, when are we getting this? We got to make this happen. Let's get this
0: Kobe statue. Uh, oh, I'm I'm sure the plans are already in motion. Yeah. The
2: question is, is there any space right there in that front patio? Of They'll samples? make space.
0: <laughs> They'll make
2: space. Yeah. So getting more into a little bit bit of the lighthearted stuff, and uh, I think is like, what are some of the biggest questions here left behind? you know, with Kobe's passing and some of the things we just aren't going to know. And I think a big one is we're just never going to now get that in-depth book from Kobe. Like some of the in-depth mm-hmm. books we've now gotten from Dwayne Wade, Shaq, and Ray Allen, Phil Jackson, and all these guys who all reveal these like little tidbit stories about their time playing. And I I was right. really curious as to like what his relationship was like with some of these like characters and unheard of <laughs> uh, sort of these un-
0: that com- would be really Comical cool.
2: characters ronnie Turias of the world the smush parkers the dwight howard uh, <laughs> uh, kwame the kwame Brown. browns yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh i really wanted to read about that in the book like mm-hmm. just these things like yeah. his relationship with phil jackson during the good parts and the bad parts and another one too is his relationship with lebron like We'll never really. I feel like we'll, we never really got an in-depth uh, interview or take from Kobe about LeBron in his time when he was playing him. Like, uh, did he ever see him as a rival? And um, did he really? Did he want an NBA Finals matchup with him as much as the rest of us did? Like, mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it, and it also leaves a pressing question for us here, Sean. Too in 2010, would you have taken Kobe versus LeBron instead of Kobe versus Boston?
0: Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> that 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 2010 series was amazing. Yeah. I would I would not give that up. I mean, that's one of my favorite moments. I remember watching that um in high school as my senior year. I'm um, watching it at my uh, buddy's house his Lakers uh, his whole family's Lakers fans I'm watching it with all all of my good friends and like one of one of my friends is just such a troll so he's like go Boston <laughs> go Boston like the whole time we're all just like dude <laughs> and then the Lakers end up winning he's like yeah go Lakers I was rooting for them the oh, whole time I would have killed him
1: I would have
0: killed him yes, yeah. I would have murdered yeah. him <laughs> oh dude he's the biggest troll he's the biggest <laughs> troll but like just that ga- whole game was so amazing just and then being able to share it with like my closest friends like I don't I don't know if maybe LeBron versus Kobe would have given us that too but we can't know that and just knowing what Kobe versus Boston did give us I wouldn't give that up yeah
2: that's a fair point I like that viewpoint I would have liked to see Kobe versus I still have that's one of the most pressing questions I have as an NBA fan is how did we never get Kobe versus LeBron and it seemed like they, they were on collision. Well,
0: if they just it was just a little too yeah. late, you know.
2: Ah, oh, because it looked like they were on a collision course for a good three to four years. There, Uh never really happened. Mm-hmm. And, do do? Yeah. I just I see you got one question here from from you, Sean.
0: I I I just I was just I wanted to know what his daughter Gianna was gonna evolve mm-hmm. into. Like, could she have become the Kobe Bryant? for the WNBA. Yeah. Like it seemed like she was on a trajectory to do that. And it's like, obviously she was really young, still 13 years old. And I, I mean, that, I think that's a big question is like he, she was going to be the person that kept his legacy going as far as on the basketball court. Um, he had an older daughter, but she wasn't as into, I don't think she's as into basketball as Gianna was. Mm. And this is like the, the daughter that he's imparting all of his knowledge to. Like he even um, less than a month before his death, put a patent in for this hashtag called the hashtag Mamba Sita. <laughs> Did you know that? I
2: didn't know he put a pat. He was de- wanting. Yeah,
0: No, he was trying. He was trying to trademark Mamba Sita <laughs> because <laughs> that's how much he believed in his daughter becoming like a big deal. Wow. That's a good and one. And so. Yeah, it's it's just like yeah. I think that's a big question too. It's like what what could she have done?
2: Yeah, and it's just not only again. It, I mean, we said it already, but not only just what her daughter could have done, but just her rise and what it would have done to women's sports in general. Oh yeah, to see mm-hmm. backed by Kobe Bryant right, and backed by her by his daughter. It's mm-hmm. it's just such yeah. a it sounds like something out of a comic book almost, but it really it it, it was It was almost real life. <laughs> crazy yeah
0: right it is crazy yeah man.
2: that's that's a good one there and i think let's reflect on those five championships and you know we already talked about it but and even i agree here it's like when you look at the five championships like the indiana one mm. against reggie miller almost and mark jackson that first one they got almost yeah. seems like mm-hmm. forgotten like i don't really think about that one i think a lot
0: about we were pretty young back then yeah too. exactly
2: exactly I think a lot back to the one with they, they got against the 76ers, uh, the first one against Orlando. But the one that stands out is this 2010 one against Boston, being down 3-2, winning two straight at Staples. Kobe Bryant, 29 points, nine rebounds on 40% shooting for that series. Just a gritty mm. Game 7. where <laughs> Lakers shot 32% from the field. Boston shooting 40%. Um, basically this Laker team just rallying behind a Kobe elbow shooter in the fourth quarter uh, an and one from Pau Gasol and just free throws coming from for Lamar Odom Sasha Vujicic uh, that, ah, that Sasha. three-pointer from Ron Artest off the pass from Kobe <laughs> just a gritty gritty game and I, I don't know that one stands out the most to me just that revenge game against the Boston big three
0: Mhm. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, I've already touched on yeah how that affected me personally and what that moment meant to mm-hmm. me. Um yeah, it's just super cool. Definitely my favorite championship. Yeah, and
2: then best performance, you know, we do this week in week out, but we got to do it legacy-wise for Kobe Bryant. I don't think there's any argument here. There's There's a lot of big playoff (laughs) moments that he's had. A lot of great performances, the 62 points in three quarters, uh, and it goes on and Mm -hmm. on.
0: The the streak of 50-point... 60-point performance in his last game. Yeah, exactly.
2: All the streak of 50-point games he's had, but 81, January Mm 22nd, 2006, Mm -hmm. against a Old man Jalen Rose
1: <laughs> just getting
2: lit up. Kobe Bryant 28 for 46 from the field, 7 for 13, 81 points, <sighs> 6 rebounds, and it was it
0: two assists. Yeah, two two assists somehow. <laughs> <and> three steals. <laughs> wow. I mean Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I and I think Jalen Rose said it best um in the pregame show to the game earlier today he's like i am willing to be the footstool (laughs) for kobe Bryant's legacy because i respect him that much and i i'm willing to be the guy that was on the receiving end of his greatest performance ever yeah
2: and i think it's just it wouldn't be remembered that way if Jalen rose wasn't such a big tv personality so so it also it's also kind of a compliment in a way to him that because he he gets brought up as because he's such a big TV personality, we all remember, and then we all right. make that connection to this game. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean Jalen Rose, I'm glad he he has no hard feelings about it.
0: Uh, no. How about worst
2: <laughs> performance here? And Sean, you dug this one up November 24, twenty fifteen. Yeah.
0: The Warriors. I, this was against yeah this the what, eventual seventy three and nine Warriors that year so and the lakers i think started the year two and ten <laughs> so that this year so i mean it was obviously kobe's farewell tour but yeah the warriors winning this one 111 to 77 77 <laughs> points man <laughs> and kobe kobe not helping that total at all this is 25 minutes one of 14 shooting 4.6 rebounds to assists. I guess it's pretty similar to the 81 point <laughs> game except instead of instead of 81 points he scored three yeah. <laughs> and then three turnovers to boot. Yikes. Um yeah, this yeah, this was just a it was a sad season for the Lakers because you knew it was Kobe's last season mm-hmm. but I mean, you knew that he was in a good place with it all. Um and he was giving it his all out there. What he could in that 20th season man, but At least he was able to save some for the very end, but not for this game. That had
2: probably been easily his worst plus minus game.
0: One of the worst for sure, yeah.
2: (laughs) Anyways, to close the podcast off, you know, our tribute podcast to Kobe Bryant and his memory. We've got to also go on, we've had our favorite basketball Kobe moments, but then there's such a thing as a favorite quote-unquote Kobe moment, like just this is only something that Kobe would do or, like, as soon as you hear about it, you're like, oh, yeah, that seems like who Kobe is or, like, a favorite Mamba boy. I got a list here for you, Sean, in case you forgot some of these. Okay. The the first one is the Mike Brown death stare. When the Lakers were struggling hard in that 2012 season and Mike Brown was just Mm -hmm. walking back and pacing across the bench and Kobe was just locked eyes on him and just giving him this deep death stare. And this was just... Days before he got eventually fired and Mike D'Antoni was brought on board when Mike Brown was trying to implement like, at that moment what they were calling the Princeton offense offense. And then a the second mm. one is a jersey <laughs> sucking for hydration. <laughs> In a clutch <laughs> game against the Clippers, uh, he was just chewing on his jersey, and he was asked why he was doing that, and he said because his mouth gets dry, so he sucks on his jersey to, to get some some, some more...
0: To get some of that sweat back into <laughs> yeah, his body? Yes, to get some more hydration <laughs> into his
2: body. Good uh, Betting 500K at the free throw line against Gerald Wallace when he was... Betting that he would miss those two clutch free throws against the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) Kobe Bryant says, I bet you 500K I make it. Obviously, he made it. The soft-like Charmin (laughs) at practice. Uh, The fadeaway three to close out the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference Finals and then turns around and slaps Alvin Gently right on the butt. (laughs)
1: Laser-focused Kobe
2: with Chris Rock jawing off jokes. Kobe giving him no reaction. Of course... The ball fake from Matt Barnes. The sunglasses at the top of his uh, head when announcing NBA draft. And you got a couple Jeremy Lin moments when Jeremy Lin doesn't foul. When he yells at Jeremy Lin for not passing him the ball. Uh, (laughs) Last one that I could think of was him shaking his head and uh, calling Nick Young, Jordan Hill. And I think Jordan Clarkson was in that group out. Uh, during a Jimmy Kimmel show for <laughs> celebrating like their first win out of 10 games or something like that. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite out of all those is the ball fake <laughs> moment uh, from Matt Barnes yeah. is like, that was so epic for so long afterwards. And then even became relevant when you saw alternate angles come out. I think it was even last mm-hmm. year where people were like wait look like the ball wasn't actually in his face <laughs> but like no it was because your the angle just makes it look like it wasn't and then it, you got to relive that moment all over again yeah um, that I think that one's my favorite out of all these, but all just awesome moments um, from an amazing human being.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the soft like Charmin at practice. Like <laughs> <laughs> you love that.
0: You 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 use that to this oh, day.
2: Yeah, I oh that that's just a line I'm gonna keep with me for the rest of my life, and I'm gonna have to explain it to <laughs> teenagers when I'm an old man why I'm saying. Just why well, I'm telling people to stop being soft like charming.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yes, uh, and you'll do it proudly yes, too. I I'm will sure. do it proudly, and people will be like, "Oh, here
2: comes this story again." But yeah. <laughs> that's it, man. That's that's who Kobe was, and the basketball mm-hmm. player, but also this dude who just left these little nuggets, these stories, these moments that uh, just just stick with you.
0: Timeless, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think I've said all
0: I could say now. Um, do you have any last words here, Sean, to club before we close it off? I mean, no, nothing really that needs to be said. I'm just I'm really sad, man. Yeah. I got to say like it, I do love reminiscing about Kobe with you. I, I like that was really cool. I'm really glad we did it. Um, yeah, man. We're just we we keep going. We do we keep doing what we do. Whatever we're doing. Do with the mama mentality. Yeah,
2: I agree. So thanks everybody for listening to this episode. By far, one of my favorite ones to this moment. Definitely made me feel a lot better chatting here with you, Sean, about everything about Kobe Mm. and just the moments and all going through the years here of watching NBA. And you know, we'll continue breaking things down. This is definitely not the end um, for for us or for basketball fans. And Kobe memory will definitely continue to live on, as well as the mama mentality. Legacy. So thank -hmm. you, everybody. We'll come back to our normal outlined episodes week in and week out as we head into the All-Star break and eventually the playoffs for this NBA season.
0: Mm -hmm. Rest in peace, Kobe, everyone else on that crash, and have a good week, everybody.